the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Uh, whew, got cold quick, didn't it? <laughs> Let's get uh, positive, though. I have learned to use the word impossible with great caution. That's Werner von Braun, who was one of the great engineers of our time. Ask and listen versus no and tell. The more you say, the less people remember. I can't remember. It was a novelist. I can't remember her name, though. Uh, Worry doesn't help tomorrow's troubles. It ruins today's happiness. I can't remember the name of that author. I know he wrote a couple of books. If you concentrate on finding what is good in every situation, you will discover that your life will suddenly be filled with gratitude, a feeling that nurtures the soul. Uh, that was one of the great rabbis at, uh, from New York City, I believe. Uh, anyway, you know, we always talk about our uh, web page. So if you go, if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, uh, you can get any of the material that you hear on the show. Uh, you know, we talk about our dividend growth portfolio. I think it's a perfect time for that. Uh, you know, dividend growth is going to be important forever. So, so you know. And if you're 40 and you have a dividend growth portfolio, uh, look, we just subtract companies where the dividend is no longer growing between 6 and 8%. And uh, uh, it keeps up. Uh, you know, even in down years, it's good because you're buying more stock. And if you have, if you put it in dividend reinvestment, it buys more stock every quarter. Uh, and we do have some really good minds working on that. So uh, if you'd like that or, um, you know, we talk about our bulletin board on our on our Web page. It has market week, which gives you a wrap up the daily technical analysis. I can't tell you how important that is. Also, the data breach information. Uh, believe me, they're out there trying to get you. Um, we also have. This uh, our um, technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference. Boy, there's some good material in that stuff. Uh, so that's something you probably want to grab too. Uh, our newsletter uh, for January, which comes out every month, and we just send it to email. All right, uh, it, it, it's famous people who failed to plan properly, key retirement and tax numbers. We also send you the weekly update with that, by the way. So if you'd like that, just let us know. Okay, so what's been happening? Well. You know, we talked about how 93% of the assets underperformed last year, and uh, the bullish percent fell to its lowest level. Uh, It's even lower than the 2011 low. So you're right very close to where it it bottomed in uh, 2009. So that's a pretty long way. The high-low index, you know, did – it's one of the 10 lowest times in the last two decades, and – the other nine were 2009, a month before or, or around a month uh, of the low. Um, and we also talked about buying quality, buying dividends. Don't forget the dogs of the Dow. I just uh, 
I just put a whole bunch of people in that last week and would still do it. Uh, I think we're just going to have a little bit of a pullback here. It's still doing the pullback. And remember what we told you, the money supply plunged in uh, in 2018, especially uh, from October on. Uh, we were uh, cruising along about a 12% increase, and in, in like two months it went down to two. Uh, but we did record the one of the lowest, tenth lowest New York Stock Exchange high low indexes, uh, you know, in history. So uh, that's not a good thing. And we talked about gasoline jumping; it already jumped a little bit. We talked about five G last month. Uh, so those are some interesting stuff. Okay, five uh, G is coming, folks, and it's coming soon. So, look, uh, based on what I've seen, I think the New York Stock Exchange high low index reversed up. Um, and and that's good because it you know it was below ten, <laughs> uh, so that's a pretty you know that's a pretty good buying area. Remember though, uh, if the bullish percent turns up, which we'll talk we'll talk about again, you know sometimes uh, when it gets down that low, there's a, a rally then a, a, a counter sell off, uh, so you got to be careful. But look, um, the Fed minutes they didn't give me a lot of confidence. They there was a pause, uh, and it. They have a certain they, they acknowledge that they have a certain uh, degree of flexibility. But if you look at Powell, he's neutral. His recent comments have been dovish. Evans was dovish and he was uh, his recent comments have been very dovish. Uh, Bostic, dovish, dovish. Uh, Bullard, very dovish, very dovish. Uh, Mester was hawkish and then he became very dovish. Uh, you know, Rosengren was hawkish and very dovish. And uh, Williams was hawkish. Now he's dovish. So uh, of the board members, uh, it's not. That great. Now, we did have a thing called the death cross. Uh, you know, that's when you, you have a moving average uh, fall over another moving average. And it's usually a 50-day moving over the 200-day. And that, that occurred on the 10-year yield. Hmm. Now, we talked about uh, the yield, you know, making a double top and saying that it was very, very overbought. We thought it cracked. Uh, I don't know if you can use a, uh, a death cross like that on a on a yield or not <laughs> usually works on stocks and, 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 uh, and markets. I don't know if it works there, but look, um, if, if you look at some of the implied stuff, if you look at the implied forwards on the treasury bonds, it suggests the treasury treasury curve, uh, curve could steepen coming up here. So I don't know if I'd be, uh, looking for lower rates. It might be a good time to be taken. You know, if you're looking to buy a, a mortgage or refinance, uh, you know, if you get to, there's there's a new refinance tool now that they they lock in a rate for you, but you can get the lower rate. You just don't get a higher rate. I would look at that. Uh, the dividend growth portfolio, I think, you know, on any kind of backup is a great idea. Um, you know, for the year, uh, it, it was it was down four percent, um, which is just in line with the S and P five hundred. The Dow was down nine percent, and and the uh, Nasdaq was down even more than that. So. Look, one of the top investors of all time is a guy named Jeff Vinnick. And if you, you don't know that name, Jeff uh, runs a hedge fund now. Uh, actually, he runs a, a family fund. Uh, so he's not even in the hedge fund business anymore, I don't think. But he, he ran the Fidelity Magellan and had a really good track record. And he, and he followed it up after uh, one of the greats uh, who ran the Fidelity Magellan fund before that, and that's Peter Lynch. Uh, but he had a, a great you know, track record over the 17 years he ran it. And uh, he thinks uh, that it's a it's going to be a good 
market for stock picking. He thinks we have 10 more years of uh, SL, I mean, of, of good stock picking. He doesn't think the indexes are going to perform as well as the stock pickers will, uh, which would be a difference. Usually uh, uh, indexes work better in bear markets. Although this bear market, uh, our friends at Marshfield just beat the, uh, the, index, the indexes hand down. Uh, now, look, uh, Bank America, I've been talking, we talked about that this summer, uh, but we talked about how the fangs and the bat stocks, that's the, uh, the bats are, you know, uh, China, Beidou, uh, Alibaba, and Te- uh, Tencent were uh, really crowded trades, and they were the whole reason that the indexes were going up. And uh, we said to get out of them. We said it on the show. You know, we said it numerous times from the end of July straight through September. And uh, one of the things they're talking about is that, uh, and Ray Dalio said this. I, I don't know if you've read his book, but you should get, he's got a new book out. It's really, really good. Uh, Ray Dalio runs the uh, Bridgeport uh, funds. But, uh, you know, you got to understand the cycle and how to go counter-cyclical. And uh, now he can go long and short, which uh, I, I don't remember. I don't recommend going short for many uh, <laughs> uh, retirees. But um, one of the things he talks about, and 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 what Bank America is talking about, is there's still a lot of people in those those stocks, and so every time they go up, they're going to want to, uh, uh, you know, sell. All right, so you know, get even. So remember that now. Look, there's some people out there, uh, some the Elliott Wave people, who think that this last rally up here is a kind of a fake-out rally. Now, if you don't know what Elliott Wave is, they're looking at wave theory. So they think the fifth wave is coming on the downside. Um, they call This is what they call the B wave, and they tend to be phonies. They're like sucker plays, bull traps, if you will. So, you know, don't be in a hurry to buy anything. Like I said, buy everything down. I, I you know, I haven't been saying, you know, go crazy. Now, the... Uh, you know, I think what you the wave people are right sometimes. So uh, pay attention now. Look, Jen, Jeff Gunlock said a thing or two this week. Um, Jeff runs the double line fund. Uh, the guy is uh, he went to Dartmouth and got a Ph.D. in mathematics at Yale. He's a real dummy. But uh, look, he, he said a couple things this week. Uh, he's saying a lot of things, but he, he, he said he's not sure what the takeaway. You know, I'm not sure what the takeaways are. But he said he used a similar chart to the to one of the ones that we have, and he said the Fed's, Fed's balance sheet and the ten year yield. The idea being that as the Fed steps back as a buyer, there aren't many left to step in. Uh, so he thinks that the yield curve is going to go up uh, simply because the Chinese are pulling back and because of the tariff scenario. You know what I don't understand is you know we give money to China in aid so they can buy our bonds. I'm not sure so they can buy our bonds, but we give money and aid, you know, and, and then they're charging us tariffs on top of it. So the Treasury market is driven by fundamentals, and the Fed's quantitative tightening process is seen as negative for growth and inflation with all the, the, the recent market action confirming that. I think, you know, uh, th- this isn't going to work for him. But the second thing he's yelling about is the national debt. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, there was some comments on the triple B corporate debt uh, in this section and um, in this session, I mean, and I think you got to be kind of careful with that type of stuff. Now, look, the, the purchases manage purchasing managers index for December came out and it went from an expansionary 62 to a neutral 51. So if they're looking at that, I, I just think uh, 
But Tom Porcelli thinks this is a this last rate increase was a, a policy mistake. Uh, so he he says that growth probably you know will be. Everybody's looking for 2.3. He says it's a possibility that it could go a little bit higher than that, but probably not much. Uh, there's no assurance that a deal will be reached anytime soon, so you've got to be kind of careful with that. But um, there's a lot of companies now that are taking out debt to buy back their shares, and I think you've got to be worried about that. Matter of fact, I own one, and I found out about this last Friday, so I'm, I'm looking at that one very carefully. But there's some big names there. Uh, I don't think you want to take out debt to buy back your own shares. That doesn't make sense. Um couple other things. I, I did notice that Brazil broke out this week. Uh, I looked at a lot of ETFs, and, and a lot of them broke out. Remember, they, they're, they're, they're going to the right from the left. They, they had a right winger come in and uh, take over. So um, we also had a, a really good thing on the Internet this week, um, and I'm going to start it with the half a minute we got to go. But uh, uh, remember uh, – we we had uh, this gentleman come in and say, "Hey, you know we're we're going to uh, have ten surprises in the internet this year," and his name's Mark Mahaney, by the way. And then he thinks these are the ten potential surprises in two thousand nine. Fang outperforms in two thousand nine. Netflix sub ads accelerate. Amazon's operating margins are flat. That would that would be a kicker. Facebook's revenue grow growth accelerates. A new music artist makes it big by going direct. Amazon's goes stores go explosively viral. Google's other bets start to pay off. Activists get active in internet sector. The internet gains a dividend player, and crypto blockchain becomes scalable. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. A new year brings new opportunity. Seize it with Quantum Nutrition Lab's three key players for weight management. Promote physical performance and muscle energy with creatine monohydrate. Stimulate fat metabolism with green tea extract. Subdue hunger signals and boost protein intake with our vegan plant protein powder. Buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420. The Answer. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, uh, we're back. This is the Smart Investor Show. And once again, if you want to uh, hear the show and you, you missed the first part of it, remember, they have a blog here at WHK. So if you go to WHK 1420 AM, 
and hit the local podcast. You go down to Tim Hayes, I'm there. You can also click on my webpage there. So you can go directly to my webpage if you want to get any materials. Like, you know, we talked about the best ideas for 2019. Our our technology, internet, uh, gaming, uh, media, and and telecommunications uh, charts, you know, uh, that's all available. Uh, The dividend growth portfolio is another one. So remember, uh, we talked about this fairly quickly, but the Internet sector, some of the the ideas that he thinks are going to happen, this is Mark Mahaney, who's best analyst in his field, by the way, for like nine straight years. He thinks there's a possibility the FANGs may outperform this year. Netflix, sub-ads accelerate. Amazon's operating margins are flat. If that's the case, Amazon's going to get whacked. Uh, Facebook's revenue growth accelerates. A new music artist makes it big by going direct with Spotify. Amazon uh, Go stores go uh, explosively viral, which, you know, you, you, you have one negative, one positive. Google's other bets start to pay off. Activists get involved in the Internet sector, and I think Facebook's the one they're, they're going to concentrate on. The Internet gains a dividend player, and crypto blockchain becomes a scalable, and consumer adoption follows. Oh, wow, that would be big. Um, look, I I, uh, I played a, around a little bit with a couple of aggressive guys uh in the uh, uh, the crypto area, uh, but then I let it go. When it hit 20000 before Christmas, I said it was parabolic on this show. Uh, this is a year ago. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. I think there'll be a couple constants in the Internet sector, all right? Number one, Internet demand will probably remain r- robust, and multiples for the highest quality names will probably stay somewhat consistent unless they disappoint. Obviously, any kind of disappointment and look out below. And investment levels remain will remain high in the area. And I, I think the reason is, um, is that, look, you're going to have some sig- – mobile, mobile is now life, okay? Going mobile is life, especially with 5G. And the other question I have is, is the social media is, has reached maturity. You know, maturity happens a lot faster in technology. And I also think you're going to see the video video uh, videofication of the internet. Okay, everything's going to be video from now on. And the the next question I have is how is AI going to affect uh, the internet? Uh, and and that's something I think people have not even thought about. Uh, well, I know I'm sure lots of people have thought about. It. I I don't think anybody the investing public has yet. But uh, and the other question. Uh, question i have is will there be a commercialization realization of of autonomous vehicles because that's the internet trust me and and cloud computing we think you know may be up another 30 40 percent so those software guys are big uh and there will be a physicalization of the net all right um it's kind of hard to describe we got to kind of show you that but and and then there's voiceification of the net you'll soon be talking to every instead of typing you'll be talking all right and I think inter- entertainment's going to go over the top. Uh, you know, Roku announced that uh, their streaming business was up 63% last week. Uh, and this is a stock that went down because their earnings were up 40% and said they had to spend a little money. And like I said, blockchain could get big in, the, in that area. So we'll, we'll see what happens and take it from there. Uh, one of the things I, I wanted to talk to people about was I had been uh, talking about uh, healthcare now for about a year. And healthcare became the number two sector behind technology. What's interesting about that is it's it's actually had a better score on the Dorsey Wright system. Who you know they're the people that bring us the bullish percent. Our friends in Virginia, uh, and 
so it actually had a better score than technology for the last year. So it's been the place to be. Uh, you know, Merck and Pfizer were hitting new highs uh, just you know a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think they even hit a high new high when the market was getting you know I mean what we went down five hundred points seven days in a row. Um, so that was interesting. So if you look at the the you know a matrix, uh, healthcare has been the strongest with industrial second, utilities third, and technology fourth. Dead last has been energy. You know we were. We were right on energy for about half a year, and then we were wrong. So uh, there we go. Now, what we did have is the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange, or the bullish percent, it turned up into a column of uh, X's, which is positive. We're going to talk about that more in the next part of the show. It ran right up, but it's right in a, a period of resistance. So, you know, something to think about. All right. Now, I'm going to go over some ideas, and these are some ideas I have, some ideas uh, some of the people I listen to have. Uh, and th- this is just technical thinking. So what we're trying to do is trying to put fundamentals together with technicals. Uh, so, you know, look, if a stock's going straight down, you know, everybody said the, the you know, the fundamentals of Amazon were great at 2000. Well, it's, at, you know, 1600 now. All right. The chart doesn't look so good. Are the fundamentals still great or are the technicals still great? Well, if you can't match the two, usually you don't want to participate. And that's what we try to do at RBC. So look, I think the intermediate term risk reward is, is pretty favorable for quarter one. Uh, we had an extreme oversold condition. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to go down and test again, all right? But, uh, I mean, it was an extreme oversold uh, condition. I mean, we looked at the sentiment, the put-to-call ratio, the trend, if you don't know what that is, the, the high-low index, the bullish percent. Anything we looked at was just unbelievably down the low end. Matter of fact, you know, the bullish percent for the sectors, all but one sector the, the day before Christmas – we're below 30. Matter of fact, 85% of the sectors were below 20. I haven't seen that too often. So, look, a bottoming process uh, will probably begin now. And, and remember we talked about the four-year cycle, and I think, you know, the four-year cycle was supposed to happen uh, next year, but I think, it, uh, you know, the, the bad news came out a little early. Um, and that's what I was kind of anticipating, to be honest with you. I wasn't anticipating the week before Christmas either. Um, Look, a bottoming process is beginning to develop and, and at long-term support. You know, it's, it's kind of a rising 200-day moving average. And I think market groups and stocks that peaked in early 2018, they're showing signs of bottoming. Some of the other ones, uh, you know, these are the semis, the industrials, the, the housing, the, the financials. You know, housing, you know, uh, we talked about Tom Lee's call a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, we brought it up. And, you know, housing stocks are going up on bad news. Semiconductors are going up on bad news. That's a good sign, okay? That's when you know you're near bottom. The financials uh, are starting to lead the way. They were up bit nicely Friday in some cases, So, I, but I think it's selective. Uh, you know, the, the regionals don't look as good. Uh, some other positives, the U.S. dollar, dollar uh, was, was very strong last week, uh, but it does look like it's peaking. While, uh, you know, bond yields are, are nearing support, so it would be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Look, the short-term indicators are pretty overbought right here, so I don't think you want to run out and buy everything, okay? I think you want to wait a little bit, see what happens. Uh, I'm going to talk about the McQuellen oscillator coming up on the, the, the last part of the show. But consumer discretionary, I think, hit some inter, intermediate lows. There's some really nice-looking charts in that four or five big stocks that I really like. Uh, the biotech area, I'm still seeing good things happen there, long, long drawn-out base. Uh, industrials, I'm seeing a couple... Really good ideas there. In technology, I see two really good ideas. One is a 10G play, or 5G play, I'm sorry. Uh, look, 
you know, I talk about this four-year cycle. So, uh, you know, I, I think the bad news came early, uh, which I wasn't expecting. I thought, you know, the sell-off would be in the first quarter or second quarter of uh, 2019. Uh, but I do think, they'll, you know, 2020, there could be a pretty big breakout. But I think we're going to do this, like, wave action stuff, you know, where it's an upward-sloping, you know, we'll go, go up a little bit, get whacked a little bit, go up a little bit, get whacked a little bit throughout 2019. Um so I, I, I guess what I'm saying, I, I think it'll be a volatile consolidation through the whole year. Now, look, we're we're at the 200-week moving average if we look at the S&P 500. And if I look at the uh, quadrant balance data, you know, which peaked in the summer, which we, we suggested, uh, you, you really have a good positive divergence going on there. You have the same scenario with the Russell. It might even be more evident than Russell. And we still have the American Association of Individual Investors, uh, you know, are, are very bearish. The bearish sentiment's very, very high. And the G10 economic surprise is very bearish, too. So that's what we want to hear. Now, short term, we're quite overbought, okay? Uh, you know, if we look at the quadrant ba- balance oscillator, which is something that, you know, it's overbought, oversold. I use the McClellan oscillator. Some other people use this. You know, we have a lot of large percentages of stocks that are up pretty drastically. So, now, look, I keep looking at the emerging markets. I don't look – I like the developed markets. But emerging markets look like they might have put in a double bottom. So I, I, I'm starting to see some relative performance versus the S&P 500. That's a good thing. Uh, 10-year bond yields stopped right where they were supposed to. Uh, now, they're in an area of support, so it'll be interesting. They, they kind of broke through on Friday. Um, but the relative strength is still unwinding from that overbought scenario, so we, we don't have a turn yet. Uh, the daily stuff – is looking more interesting. It's pretty oversold, starting to bottom. So we'll see what happens there. The dollar, you know, the momentum looks like it's turning on the dollar, but then the dollar keeps, you know, holding on, holding on. So if the momentum turns negative and the dollar goes sideways, that would be a, that would be a very positive development. Because look, in a bull market uh, in the United States, and if we're talking about ten more years, like Jeff Finnick is, and it might be longer than that, I think. Uh, how do you buy stocks and bonds? In America, you buy them with dollars. So you want a strong dollar in a bull market. It's that simple. Now, oil futures went, uh, you know, they dropped like a brick uh, on the Fed announcement back in uh, October. And now they're in a period of, uh, you know, where where they have a lot of uh, support. Now, the question is, will it hold? I don't know. But, uh, you know, we'll find out. Uh, Utilities have been outperforming the S&P for some time. They broke their uptrend line. And uh, staples... uh, you know, hit a peak. You know, we talked about them back in the spring. All right, so I'm letting you. I'm letting you know what's going on. You know, healthcare broke its downtrend line, and it's in a nice little uptrend. So that that looks okay. Um, some other things I'm seeing is, is is consumer discretionary pulled back pretty hard. It's it's right where it, you know it should hold. That's good. Technology has broken the uptrend line against the S and P 500, and uh, the industrials still look. You know, and materials look like they're still a problem, and energy looks terrible. <laughs> uh, the financials, uh, let's put it this way, you, you know, they're at their 200-day uh, moving average. It should be cyclical uh, support, so let's hope so. Um, now, biotechnology uh, has, like, had a four-year hiatus from the market, and, you know, the relative performance is beginning to prove versus the S&P 500, that's all say. Uh, same, same with uh, consumer discretionary, you know, technology, um, it's retraced, you know, from the lower end to, uh, to like two standard deviation bands back. So the software index still looks great though. 
Uh, semiconductor index looks like it's it's bottoming. The industrial sector looks bad, bad, and gold looks at like if it you know pops ten bucks, it's in great shape. But it could go up ten bucks or back ten bucks in a hurry. If it popped ten bucks, that'd be very positive because the relative index is, is turning positive. So, uh, hey, we'll be right back with the bullish percent. Stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Science has discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed in years. Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Don't miss the ultimate date night, Friday, March 15th at Church on the North Coast. Get the sitter lined up and make it a date night now. Tickets are available at 955thefish.com. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And once again, if you uh, if you want to have a cup of coffee with me, talk about your portfolio, give us a call at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or you can go to our webpage, which, you know, you can Google or Bing, Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. You can always tell it's me because it always says right below my picture, you know, buy low, sell high. Uh, and just hit the contact me or email me. While you're there, look at Bob Dickey's technical analysis. Uh Look at, uh, you know, how you can help yourself in a data breach, those type of things. You can also ask for any of the material we talked about, the dividend growth portfolio, the uh, the technology, internet, media, and telecommunications uh, conference we had, our best picks for 2019, that type of thing. Um, it's all available. Also, you can listen to the show. So can't sleep. <laughs> I say that every week. Um, you know, you, you, need a, you need a nap. Uh, turn me on, put the headphones on, and uh, we'll have you sleeping in no time. Um, you know, I've been talking about this bogey check and uh, the S&P 500 versus the money market. And one of the things that happens is the short-term indicator tends to say you failed the bogey check, and then the long-term indicator verifies that. And then when it turns, it goes the opposite way. So um, we had the bogey check just, you know, oh, I want to say uh, two weeks ago it got to a high and now is has turned down. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll see if it uh, if the long term thing t- turns around with it or not. Uh, 
we did go into a column of X's this week on the New York Stock Exchange bullish, uh, bullish percent. And the bullish percent is just simply our main risk guide. It was developed so that we're bearish at the top and bullish at the bottom. We're at the bottom, folks. So you want to be more bullish than bearish at this point. Now, one thing that happens is when you have a big sell-off like this and the bullish percent turns up, sometimes it turns back down just to test one more time. So don't go chasing anything. Let it come to you, okay? Be patient. Like I said, I think we're going to have a sideways-to-up movement for in 2019, and then 2020 will be another big year. Uh, but the over-the-counter, by the way, the index was up 8.9%. And remember, it's below 30 still. So we have two key indi- indicators here. Uh, 30 is, you know, below 30 is when everybody's crying in their beer like everybody's been doing. And when it turns up from there, you know, that's a good time to get greedy. When we get over 70, that's the red zone. That's when you want to be, you know, frightened. Now, X's, you know, it's it's just like a point and figure chart of the old days, you know, the box theory. X's means we have the offensive team in the field, and the offensive team just came on the field. And this At this area, you can probably throw the wrong bond if you want to. Just wait for it to come back to you. Uh, when we go into column of O's, that's when you want to get a little bit more defensive. It doesn't mean you have to sell everything. There's some other things involved. Remember, domestic equities are still the number one asset class, okay? And and then the the world index went into a column of X's also at 27. So the small caps, uh, I'm sorry, the small caps went into a column of, they were up 8.8% too. And then the world index uh, went up 6.1. So they're up 30 uh, at a column of X's also. So we have the bullet, all of them turned. All the bullish percents we watched turned. The small cap, large cap, and international. That's a, that's a big week, okay? Um, big, big week. Now, Look, I, I've been trying to figure out, uh, well, I'm, I, I can't go into that. That's going to be too complicated. But I looked at all the, the uh, indexes, and I looked at them long-term, and they still look good long-term. They don't look so good short-term. But, uh, you know, the, the Dow has been negative for six weeks now. And, you know, the Dow underperformed, the Dow outperformed two years ago, underperformed the S&P 500. And that's mostly because the utilities held up. So if you would have taken our advice and bought some utilities back in, in the spring, and some consumer staples, you would have done better. Uh, the the mid cap index is still you know getting hammered. It's six straight weeks of negative uh, movement. The small caps are up a week, so the Santa Claus rally is starting. The QQs Qs are up uh, positive for one week. Uh, that's another place where there's been a lot of uh, burnout. And, and then both the S and P five hundred, the equal weight, and the regular weight. Now equal weight is each stock gets one vote. The other one's market cap weighted. Are, have been negative for about five weeks. So. It's just been a it's been a rally, but it's not been a huge rally. Okay, uh, but the uh, you know back in October twenty fourth, the cash bogey check for the U.S. equities failed, and it'll be interesting to see if it it passes or fails coming up here. But we're getting pretty close to a turnaround. I believe we're, I think we're about one or two boxes away. That would be very very positive. So uh, you know you you want to see that turn, and if it turns, that would be very very big. As far as the sectors, remember last week we were at 18. This week we're at 26 and a half. So we were up uh, almost 8.5%. Now, what, what I have seen is uh, that, you know, we last, last week and the week before we had like 85% of the sectors were negative. They, they were below 30, which was a pretty good time to buy. And we suggested that you should be buying. I bought a little bit here and there. Um, but we still only have three groups that are in favored sector. They are electric utilities, um, and uh, they're they're in the 30s, eight area, I guess, 
and then restaurants and precious metals, which are 25. So here we have 50 of these things, and, and only three of them are favored. So, uh, so we have 30 sectors that are under 30. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> so of the 50, you know, we have three that are favored, and we have 20 that are 30 or above, but they're just at 30. So we have an oversold condition, and, and look, you got to use volatility to your advantage, ladies and gentlemen. All right. When things are down, you buy them. When things are up, you sell them. It's that simple. Uh, unless you're a really long-term holder, then you just use the downtimes to buy. Uh, and, and look, we just had a major rally. Wait a little bit. Okay. Wait a little bit. So it's simple as that. Just, you don't have to be the first one in. Okay. Use the volatility to your advantage. You know, we've just been up five, six straight days. Wait for a couple, four days, sell off, and, uh, and then take a look at what you want to do. You know, make a shopping list. Buy quality. What stocks have you not owned that you want to own for the long run? Now, as far as sectors, uh, restaurants went positive this week. Healthcare and bio- biotech, which have been unfavored, went to average. Uh, and transportation and drugs, uh, which were totally unfavored, moved up a step. So that's good. As far as international equities are concerned, like I said, I noticed that Brazil... Uh, now Brazil's gone to the right and it looks as though, you know, I've seen four five, I'll call it five ETFs from Brazil that all look pretty good that have broken out of a, a base. So, um, that's an area where I'd be looking, you know, you got to do your own homework, but, uh, um, also I noticed that some of the momentum based international ETFs are doing pretty well, uh, so uh, you got to go with momentum. I don't think you want to go any other way. And I, I looked at uh, fixed income, and I told you, you know, we had that death cross on the 10-year. And the 10-year rallied back up, you know, it got, got all the way down to 257. We're talking about the yield now, okay? So if the yield goes down, the price of the bond goes up. The price of the bond goes down, yield goes up, okay? Uh, so we had a big breakdown. We rallied back up, and then Friday we got hammered. So be interesting to see what happens there. Um, high yield spreads have also reversed course. Uh, you know, we have this thing called the 10 year spread or the CBUS 10 year spread, which measures the spread between the yield of the 10 year treasury and the index of high yield bonds. It peaked at 535. Uh, it's now 465. So, uh, you know, what we're saying is basically, uh, you know, high yields, the spread has come in a little bit. The, look, if you get high yields at a spread of seven or up, Usually they're a buy. You know, I've, I, back in the financial crisis, they were at 14, which was a big buy. Uh, I did notice on the J, you know, if we looked at a couple of emerging markets, ETF, ETFs uh, that were emerging market bonds, emerging market, not developed market, emerging markets, that a lot of them have broken their downtrend line. Now, this is on the bond itself. So if the bond goes up, the yield goes down. Okay, simple as that. Uh, commodities. Wow. Uh, what, a, what a group. Uh, you know, oil was straight up, straight down, and uh, now it's been positive for another two weeks. So it's give, moved back up about 20%. Hmm. The, a lot of the, the commodity indexes are getting whacked. As a matter of fact, the uh, Commodity Research Bureau Index is like two percentage points from breaking down to a new low for the last 15 years. Uh, no, I'm sorry, last nine years. And that would put it, you know, w- 
the old low was where we were in 1973. So we're paying 1973 prices. Remember, eggs two three years ago were 219. Uh, uh, you know, for 12 eggs, large eggs. I just bought them for 79 cents. So uh, milk's down big. You know, natural gas is at a, like a 40 year low. Okay, so uh, even even after natural gas rallied from two dollars and thirty two cents up to four bucks almost, it's it's back to that low. So be be careful there. Gold continues to be positive. It just can't break over. I think you know if gold went up ten twelve bucks, uh, it, it would break through this uh, downtrend line. It's been in for quite a long time. Just can't get it going. So uh, and the gold stocks aren't going anywhere either. So who knows. So relative strength, you know, we talk about relative strength, and and, it, and it's a measure of how your stock is performing when compared to something else. In this case, it's the S&P 500. And and also, it, what we do is we look at it two ways. How's it doing to the S&P 500, and how's it doing to the rest of the group? So if you get a buy signal on both, it's, it's you know, you're usually in the right stock. Uh, so relative strength is very, very important. Remember, we're, what we're doing is we're take, we took the economy now, and we've moved down to to uh, ideas that you can work with. And we're going to talk about insiders in here in a minute, but um, here's some names. Uh, I'm not recommending these. I'm just simply stating that they've had relative strength buy signals. Arena Pharmaceuticals, BRF Brazil Foods, Deco New Energy, Insmed Incorporated and Biotechnology, Intervec, which is industrial goods, Lanet Corp, which is uh, some of these are low priced this week. Uh, they're in pharmaceuticals. Del Frisco's Restaurant Group, another soft, small one, and Iger Biopharma, uh, which is another, I don't think any of these are over $30 a share. As far as going to the sell signal, uh, we have three, Liberty Global, Aramac, and Farfetch Limited Class A. Now, Liberty Global is interesting because, you know, Tom uh, John Malone bought a lot of that stock, and uh, he's down pretty uh Pretty hefty. I've been noticing that uh, you know some of the insiders, like you know the CEO of Activision, just bought a uh, like four hundred thousand shares at you know forty eight, forty nine dollars, and uh, uh, no, actually fifty fifty one, fifty two dollars, and it was down six bucks on Friday. So you know the insiders again are they're buying a lot, uh, but they haven't been right. Okay, so you, I think they will be right. It's just I think the markets uh, went down a lot farther than anybody anticipated over the in the fourth quarter. And we're still getting uh, when you when you see stocks gap down, usually the money supply has really uh, shrunk quick. So the growth of the money supply was at twelve percent; it's now like two percent. So uh, the Fed's done their job, and once again, they're taking away the punch bowl. Hey, let's stay tuned. We'll be right back with the insiders. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. There's a strange world that you enter when you get married. A world of nail clippings on the coffee table, eating macaroni and cheese out of the pot, and is he wearing white socks with dress shoes? Your marriage may have some challenges, but there's an evening coming to your area that will encourage and remind you why it's all worth it. The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. The Ultimate Date Night is 90 minutes of music, comedy, and fun for couples that'll have you and your spouse rolling with laughter and reconnecting on an intimate level. Marriage can be tough, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, coming your way soon. Oh, and make sure he doesn't wear those white socks. 
Don't miss the ultimate date night, Friday, March 15th at Church on the North Coast. Get the sitter lined up and make it a date night now. Tickets are available at 955thefish.com. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. The Bob France Authority is on The Answer. Weekday mornings at 9. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Um, if you'd like to sit down and have a cup of coffee, discuss your portfolios. Um, you know, I, I've been talking about bonds, uh, you know, a while back, and I, I said, you know, you buy yield when it's up. And back in the spring, you know, yields were at 340 on the 30-year Treasury and 325 on the 10-year. I believe uh, Friday we hit the 10-year at 260. That's a, you know, it's almost half a percentage point and or better. That's a lot. That's a big move for bonds. Now, back then, the utilities and the REITs were yielding 6 7% on average. They're now yielding 4.8. So, you know, you want to buy yield when it's up. Uh, right at the moment, I don't know. I mean, with the death cross, I think you want to pull back a little bit and hold, hold back. Anyway, we always talk about insiders on this show because what we're doing is we're taking the economy. We started out with the economy. You know, Jeff Finnick saying he thinks the bill market could go for another 10 years and that type of thing. Uh, Ray Dalio talking about countercyclical and all that stuff. And and now we we talked you know about relative strength buys, and so you you know you write down these names if you like them and and uh, you know work accordingly and uh, uh, you know I'm not saying to buy these I'm just saying the insiders are buying these. So Lionsgate Entertainment, remember uh, both Liberty Media and John Malone bought this stock at thirty eight dollars. It's now eighteen, and he paid fourteen for it. Uh, uh, the the CEO, or actually he's the chairman. Uh, it's Mark Rachesky, bought eleven point one million seven hundred seventy nine thousand shares. All right. What's interesting is that we had the CFO uh, just a week ago uh, buy ten thousand shares, and a director Crawford buy seventy five thousand shares. So, um, you know those. Guys, by the way, Rachesky has a, a really good track record, and Medtronic uh, got hit pretty hard. This last week, uh, they went from about 100 to 83 and the chairman stepped up and bought a hundred thousand. I mean, a million dollars worth. And believe me, he owns a lot. And the CFO bought two hundred fifty one thousand dollars worth. So you always like seeing uh, double buys and ex- especially when they're down. Now, here's one. Kevin Tang uh, is a very smart guy. If you don't know who he is, you probably should know who he is. Uh, he he's, knows biotechnology pretty well. And. LaJolia Pharmaceuticals has been beat up just like all the rest of the pharmaceuticals. And the stock was $36, $35 back in July. It's 6 bucks now. And that's, this happened to a lot of stocks, by the way. So um, I think it was the day after, no, it was last Friday. He bought $5.962 uh, $5. million worth. And then uh, two days ago, he bought another $438,000 worth. So tuned to six, uh, 6 million. All right. So. OCM Growth bought $33,306,000 worth of Oak Tree Capital Financial. Uh, it's an asset management company. Uh, 
that's their second or third major buy there. So just leave it at that. Uh, there's a company called Echo Brands. And uh, the executive vice president, Tom Tedford, bought uh, just a couple, you know, $250,000 worth. But we had 20 other buyers between 100000 and 200000 So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, interesting stock. Um, also, uh, we have Carvana. If you don't know what Carvana is, you should take a look at them uh, if you're going to buy a car. They have a lot of used cars, you know. On their thing, and uh, there's a group called Spruce House Partnership, and they bought a hundred thousand shares. They already own five point six million, so now they own five point seven million. That's about two point nine seven million. Uh, Carvana is down hard, by the way. Um, also, Post. Remember, we uh, said back at, when the stock was eighty two, we had a bunch of insider buyers. Well, they came back and they paid uh, a- around uh, ninety bucks for it. It's up five bucks the other day, by the way. Uh, and we had the the CEO buy 99,000 shares and six others uh, acquired the stock. So these are options. So it wasn't an open market purchase, but, you know, there you go. Uh, Meat Group, which is a, a, a kind of a Internet, uh, you know, scenario, dating type scenario. Uh, there's a group called Luxor Capital that owns a, a great deal of the stock, about 10 million shares. They just bought another 404,000 to the tune of about uh, 1.8 million. Um, then, then we had, we had several people buy, uh, 475,000, 404, 652,000, 203,000, 760,000 CFO bought 33,000, another VP bought 40, 34,000. So a lot of people buying meat. I uh, don't know what's up there, but we'll find out. Then I mentioned, uh, Bob Kotek, who's the CEO of Activision, uh, bought, uh, 267,000 shares and then another 135,000 shares in the fifties. And it was down six bucks Friday, so obviously uh, bad timing on his part. But uh, that's a lot of it's not chump change. Accelerated Diagnostics. This this is a name that um, um, you know we've seen a lot of insider buying before, and uh, the gentleman who's been buying is Jack Schuler. He knows his stuff. Uh, he bought twenty thousand shares. We had fourteen others purchase. You know somewhere between twenty and forty. Some of those guys are the CEO. Uh, Ron Price, Mark, uh, the pre- I'm sorry, um, he's the CFO. The CEO, Larry Mer- Marin, uh, he, he bought 209,000 shares. Ron Price bought 50. Uh, we also had the chief financial officer buy 59,000 shares. Love to see chief financial officers buy. Love to see them. And then FedEx. Remember, we talked about 12 insiders buying this around 245, 250. Uh, the CEO, uh, or the former CEO and a director uh, bought another million dollars worth at 162. Uh, got down to 150. Uh, that was one that I bought a little bit of. Didn't buy enough of it though. Uh, and then we have a gent, a genus, uh, and we had several people buy there. Uh, we had Tim Wright, who's uh, on the board, bought 3.3 million dollars or 3.3 million shares. And then Weinberg, Ulf uh, Weinberg, uh, who's another. A member of the board bought 7.9 million shares, so th- that that's not chump change. And uh, Wadeth Jordan bought uh, 8.2 8. million shares, so that's a lot of stock. Uh, so a a a genus is the name of the company. Um, you know, I, I don't give out symbols. If you want want the symbols, give me a call. Um, so 
there's a thing called the McQuillan Oscillator, which we've talked about on this show numerous times. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago that the summation index got to minus 1,100, which is a number I haven't seen too many times in my career. Uh, it's now you know, going all the way up to negative uh, 478. Also, the indicator, which was at negative 114, is now a positive 125. So we've had a big rally. Now, big rallies uh, are, you know, sometimes short covering, you know, uh, short covering begets short covering, et cetera, et cetera. But what what I'm suggesting is at this point, we have one of the highest readings of McClellan Oscillator dating back to uh, February uh, of 2017. Remember the big rush after the election? Uh, So that's something, you know, to pay attention to. I mean, what I'm suggesting is you don't run out and buy everything right now. Let it pull back a little bit. If you didn't get on the initial, you know, uh, sell-off, you might have another chance to buy it down. Now, look, um, the Dow Jones is nearing its resistance zone, which is, I think, between 2350 or 23,500 and 24,000. And we, we could see some stalling there, all right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. The S&P is a little bit higher than that off the charts. Um, but, look, You've recovered about half of what you lost in December. And normally, you know, uh, like I said, with a bullish percent, it's turned positive. But usually when it gets down to that low, it turns positive, gets a rally, and then reverses down one more time. Just to make sure that I can't sleep at night and, and you, you, you're having a hard time. But it also makes it, you know, the volatility, you get, you get a second chance to buy things. So if you were stunned during Christmas and saying, what the heck's going on here? And, you you know, uh, you were worried about everything. Use the volatility, if it does get volatile again, to buy some more. All right? Um, you know, if Jeff Finnick's right, uh, there's a lot of people thinking we have 10 more years of a bull market. And if he's talking about stock pickers, believe me, that's where I do my best work. Uh, when indexes go up, you know, it's it's they just go up. Okay? That's everybody putting their money into indexes. But when it comes to pure stock picking, that's when you, you find out who's Who's got their pants on when the when the uh, tide goes out? Um, crude oil uh, may be finding a range probably between forty five and fifty. I would bet. Um, you know, I looked at it; it stopped right where it should have. Uh, probably st- it stopped right at the top at fifty fifty four fifty five. Uh, there you go. You know, last week we talked about the uh, the internet three and that's the. Uh, this is going to be probably the biggest impactful and transformation cycle, the digital evolution, I think, uh, since the birth of the Internet, literally. First of all, you get 5G occurring. And what you're going to be able to find is that the combination of affordable, powerful, and mobile computing power, uh, it's going to create opportunities everywhere. I mean, you know, probably I'll be able to work for home, from home at some time uh, if we don't already. And... Uh, you know, it's like reservations for a restaurant. I mean, it's like, you know, the taxi's there when you want it, you know, that type of thing. So it, we've talked about the Internet of Things in the past on this show, and now it gets interesting because we're going to start talking about the industrial manufacturing equipment, uh, you know, that type of thing. It's going to get big. And let's, let's talk about a couple things. The bullish percent for the NDX, which is the NASDAQ 100, um, has turned up also. So we have the high-low indicator turning up. All the bullish percents, the NDX, the S&P 500, remember that was the first one to turn up, uh, the bullish percent, the bullish percent for the over-the-counter, and the bullish percent for world indexes, all turning up at the same time. 
We have Jeremy Siegel, who uh, predicted Dow 20,000, thinks if we don't go into recession, we could have a, a great time. We have insiders buying more stock than we've ever had. So, you know, don't get too bearish on the next. I think we're going to have a bit of a, one more sell-off because we, we went up too fast, too, you know, too far too fast. So let it come back to you one more time, and I bet you the bullish percent turns down one more time, and then we turn back up. But listen, start to accumulate ideas. Start to think about quality. Add quality to your portfolio. That's what you do in times like this. So our top ideas would be a good place. Our dividend growth portfolio would be a great place. Another idea, use Marshfield. Uh, look, if you go out you got to use, you know, and, and use them directly, it's, it's a $5 million commitment. With us, we can do it for 100 Okay, and they are good. They were up 2.9% last year. When everybody else was down, they were up 2.9%. That's pretty good. Um, by the way, past performance doesn't guarantee future success and all that good stuff. Uh, but also, uh, we, have, we have, you know, all the technology, Internet, media, and telecommunication stocks got hammered. There's stocks to look at. And uh, Mark Mahaney is the best analyst in the, in, the, in the planet for eight years. That's a good list to get. So those are our top ideas. You want to have a cup of coffee, call me at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Have a great weekend. Remember, buy low, sell high. This is Tim Hayes, The Smart Investor Show. Thanks for listening to The Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.